Hey, you guys, welcome to the latest episode of the Nativist Podcast. And we're back technically because we already recorded one, but I lost it. But we're back with Justin. Woo-hoo. So, Justin Miller Byrne, did I say that yep. right? Yep. Sweet. Okay, so I. I'm so stoked to talk to him and secretly stoked that, well, I'm bummed that I lost the first one, but we were just saying that things happen for a reason and we think that this one will be even better than the first one. So, lucky you guys, lucky us, it's just going to be even better. That's right. Yeah. So, Justin, I'm going to have you give a little bit of a background on yourself. Um, you can be as brief or extensive as you want to be, so take it away. Right. Well, actually, I kind of um, grew up in gymnastics. Yeah. So I was an athlete and then transitioned to a coach. And then I was also a judge and official, and now I'm a club owner. So I own my own gymnastics facility here in Pocatello. And he's really humble, so we'll get into that <laughs> really brief. And he... World class, this guy is world class, and he taught world class, coached world class gymnasts, and he was at the top of his game, and we'll talk about that because he was a one. He was incredible, and no, honestly, see how humble he is, but once we get to talking and you hear some of his stories, you'll be like, okay, yeah, this guy knows what's up. He, he was on top of his game. So you... Did gymnastics yourself, yep. and then you transitioned into coaching. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your experience doing gymnastics yourself. Uh, I really liked gymnastics. It, it was, you know, I saw it on TV in the Olympics and yeah. kind of was really intrigued by it because yeah. I'd never seen it before. And then all of a sudden, like, um, I saw, like, these girls flipping around, and there was this one, you know, from Romania yeah. who was, like, so amazing. And she was winning all of these Olympic medals. And then, like, the next day I saw that, because they, like, they rotate between girls' uh, competitions one day and then men's competitions uh, the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next day I saw men's and I was like, oh, cool, men, you know, boys can do this too, so I can maybe do it. And yeah, yeah. Then it was just kind of crazy. Like, in school, there was a new gym opening up in my town. Yeah. And they were passing out flyers. And I begged my parents, like, please, please, please let me start. And so they yeah. did. And I picked it up kind of really quickly and just, I love the feeling of like flying through the air and stuff. Wow, yeah. So that's kind of what it was like, you know, as a gymnast. And then um, I excelled really quickly and kind of moved through the ranks. And um, I was a junior national champion and was on the national team. And then I actually competed in um, Sydney, Australia. Wow. Yeah. So cool. So I remember with our first conversation, we talked about how you just have kind of a natural discipline and drive. Obviously, you had a natural knack and talent for gymnastics which reflected in your immediate progress right but also you are very driven and disciplined right so how much of that played into your success well I think it was really instilled in me kind of in an early age my dad was in the air force oh yeah yeah and he was it was really cool because he worked on f-16 um fighter planes. Mm-hmm. He loaded bombs onto them. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. So my dad being in the Air Force, he kind of instilled in both my brother and I at an early age, like hard work, discipline, and sacrifice too. And I feel like that really translated over into my gymnastics. Yeah. And luckily for me, it was, gymnastics was, it was so amazing and I was so passionate about it. Yeah. So to be able to put that uh, hard work and sacrifice and discipline into something you love really helped me excel. And I think that is key, too, to find a true love or passion, and that really motivates you to be disciplined. 
So was there any resistance with your dad being military or Air Force and like teaching you discipline and hard work? Was there any resistance growing up with you like back <laughs> off, bro? <laughs> well, it's actually life. no, it's actually really funny because I have an old my brother's older than me. Yeah. He's five years older. Okay. And so he was kind of like we were like two different stages in our yeah, lives, you know? Yeah. Like, it's funny. I was <laughs> I was playing with like my little ponies. <laughs> Love okay. it. I love and my it. My brother was like, you know, learning, you know, to drive and yeah. whatever. So, I mean, two completely different stages. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, we weren't super close growing up, but I would see him like get in trouble and whatever, and my dad have to discipline him. So I knew that that was something that I didn't want to do. Smart. And I was more of like is. a people pleaser, so I really uh -huh. wanted my parents to be proud of me. And so I saw, you know, him kind of being naughty, and yeah. I did not want to be like that. So, yeah. 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 So how is he now? How are you guys similar and different? Because that always fascinates me, people from the same upbringing and how they turn out. I would say, um, oh boy, I don't know. I think I'm definitely more, I see a goal. I set a goal. Yeah. I see it. And I work hard towards it. Yeah. My brother, I think, is a little more complacent, like just kind of easy go with the sure. flow more. Sure. Is there yeah. any resentment? Has there any, any, any resentment between you two? Nope. Well, not, not, not for me anyways. <laughs> not anyways. <laughs> I don't know. My brother maybe, I don't know, maybe he was not so happy sometimes because I was like the good child. Yeah, and so yeah, because yeah. of that, you know, you are rewarded a little bit sure. more. So. Sure. Sure. And your success. And you guys have a good relationship now. <laughs> I know. Always. It's like, I always joke that it's like a drinking game. Like whenever you hear the dogs playing in the background, it's going to be like, take a shot or something. That's so funny. They're like pulling on each other's tails. Yes. Yeah. But you guys, they don't do this until I'm podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Those little were, rascals. They were like totally chilling yes. until we started. I, I saw. I saw. It's maddening. It's I love yeah. them so much, but it's maddening that they always are like, oh, she's podcasting. Yeah. Let's pull out some tricks. So, um, talking about your experience as a gymnast and then you transitioned into being a coach, was that hard? Um, it was, it wasn't so hard at first, um, as kind of time, a little, a little bit of time went on, um, when I first started coaching, I did yeah. miss being an athlete, Yeah, yeah. but, um, I'd already put in like my days and hours and you did you know, your time. Yeah, I yeah. did. And I wasn't ready to go back to that. Yeah. I don't think I ever would be. Right. And it's so funny too, because people will always be like, Oh, you did gymnastics. Can you still flip? And I'm always like, yeah, you know, I can. And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, do you mind? If I, you know, if I had a gym or whatever, I'd go in all the time. And you, you think like that, but you, you really don't. Like, yeah. as you get older, things get a little bit harder. You get yeah. a little more sore. And yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> so not the it's same just, game. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, yeah. So, and it's also, you get to stay in the game, too, which is nice. And you're still yeah. in contact in that world, but then you're not, it's in a different role, which is refreshing, probably. Yeah. And, um, new and novel. So did you draw from any resources when you started coaching? Was it just kind of like a natural flow? Yeah, I actually, um, I learned a lot from my coaches. Oh, yeah. I had two um, really good coaches growing up. And then as I kind of outgrew their talents, I kind of reached out to more oh, national yeah. coaches. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There was... Back in 1996, the U.S. Um, women's gymnastics team won the first gold medal yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah. Yes, I remember yes. this. And one of the coaches, her name was Mary Lee Tracy. Oh, yeah. And she um, was coaching in Ohio, and I reached out to her. 
and just said, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Could you help? Yeah. And she responded. Oh, good. And she was so awesome to oh, like good. answer any questions. She was like such a good mentor for me. Oh, good. She, she really just laid it all out there and was willing to help. And I actually even went out to her gym, huh. watched her coach, and just, it was it was really, really amazing. And that really, when I was a younger coach, I kind of was soaking up as much energy and edu- education, knowledge, yeah, you know, from yeah. everyone that I could. Yeah. So. That's great that she was so approachable and relatable and responsive instead right. of just competitive. <clears throat> yeah. And you never know what you're going to walk into and face with people like that right. when you reach out. Right. If there's a sense of community or not. And I've always remembered that. So when other coaches ask me for something, I've always wanted to help them oh, yeah. and answer their questions and do everything I could, you know, to give them the answers that I have. Yeah. Just because well, I remember that feeling, so. Totally. And that says a lot about you as a person, too. So... The world of gymnastics has had its fair share of publicity in recent years. Yes. For good or for bad. Uh, if any of you recall some of the scandals that they faced with the, what's his name, the doctor? Dr. Larry Nassar, yeah. Yes. So you have had, and growing up, because I did gymnastics, and that was always my favorite um, like event to watch on the Olympics. Right. And my sister was in it more so than I was. And I kind of always wondered, I mean, I never, I obviously experienced any of the scandal myself, but I always wondered if it happened, and apparently it did. Right. So you had some contact with the doctor, yeah. some correspondence, yep. right? Yeah, um, because he was the national doctor for USA Gymnastics, and I had national level athletes. There would yeah. be time to time, you know, that, you know, little injuries would come up or whatever, and I established contact with him probably about seven or eight years ago. Okay. And just kind of saying, like, this is who I am. These are my athletes. This is the situation going on. Yeah. You know, can you help? What do you suggest? What can we do? That type of thing. Sure. And, you know, it, he was always very willing to help. But he was never, like, I never met him face-to-face. And my athletes never met him face-to-face. Oh, okay. So there was never any contact there or chance, yeah. you know, to have abuse. But yeah. it's just, it's very tough because... <clears throat> elite gymnastics really fosters a culture that is quite different from any other sport. Mm. There has to be a trust, you know, between the athlete and the coach yeah. and, you know, yeah. medical staff and things like that, you sure. know. So it's not an easy sport to do. Oh, I believe that. So were you surprised when the news broke about that? Not at all. I, I honestly wasn't. I've, I've had some dealings with officials at USA Gymnastics. I used to be on what they call the elite program committee. So I was in charge. Um, it's like a, a five-person committee, and you would vote on certain things. And I remember getting a lot of flack for not voting the way the rest of the group was voting. Oh, but good I'm, for you for I was, speaking your truth and standing your right, ground. I was voted into that position to represent the coaches yeah. of the country. Yeah. And I felt like I couldn't, just because everyone else was voting one way, even if it was like four to one, I would still good. I would I always win. Like that. And they yes. didn't really like that. Oh, I'm sure not. They yeah. didn't They didn't really <laughs> like that a whole lot. And I thought, you yeah. know what, it's not going to matter. I know it's going to pass. Yeah. Whatever. But no, I, I don't I feel like good. it's right. And yeah. I want to be on record. And I would always say, yes. I'm going on record. No, I don't vote good. for that. Or I don't think that's right or this or, you know, whatever. So wasn't the best situation at times, but yeah. I could see how there was politicking and things getting swept under the rug. Yeah, that's too bad. It's sad. It is really yeah. sad. So it didn't surprise me when it came through. The magnitude of it did surprise me. Yeah. I had no idea it was that big. 
for that long. Dang. So yeah. it's really sad because a lot of athletes were affected by it. It's very damaging yes. and destructive. Wow. So you standing your ground and speaking your truth and voting for what you think is right, does that transfer into other areas of your life? Have you always been like that? Just comfortable speaking your truth? Not not always. Hmm. Um, you know, I was in high school. I was actually the very shy, very quiet kid. Really? Didn't uh-huh. really say a whole lot. Um, wasn't super comfortable within myself, uh-huh. you know, and yeah, I think... Yeah. I think that kind of goes along with anyone who grows up different from someone else. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Being, Especially in a certain community. Yes. Oh, yeah. Being, oh, yeah. Being gay yeah. and growing up in Utah. Oh, yeah. So, and, you know, there's all sorts of different cliques and stuff down there. Not, yeah. Not to mention things, but. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. I was really quiet. And after I graduated, I remember I was really starting to find myself. And yeah. I remember thinking to myself, I wish I would have done this in high school. I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have said this. I wish I didn't care about that. And I think that's something that kind of we all kind of feel as we get older, like, oh, oh, you know, high school, whatever. Sure. But at that point, I kind of realized I don't want to live my life looking back and saying I should have said this or I should have whatever. So I kind of just stuck to it and was really bold and... I don't know. It was no. It's not always easy to no. to be bold like that. No, it's not. To speak your truth and no. stay with it. So. Yeah. So was that from self reflection that you came to that conclusion? Was there any other catalyst that no, prompted that? I think just self reflection, looking back and th- being like, you know, dang it, I see everyone else having so much fun in high yeah. school, and high school wasn't. It wasn't fun. I mean, I didn't hate it, but it wasn't fun for me. Yeah. But also, I lived a different life. Like, I went to school. I came home. I went straight to gymnastics practice, and I was there, you know, until nighttime and, you know, went home. So I didn't also have that ability. I mean, I had the ability to go to football games and parties and whatever, but for me, it was gymnastics. But how great that you had an outlet. Yeah. And something, a purpose. Right. You felt like you could pour yourself into. Yeah. And I think that, I don't want to say that generalizes, but that's what a lot of people I think miss, and especially kids in high school if they're really struggling. Right. They don't have some sort of endeavor to occupy their time and their attention to like instill in them like fulfillment and feelings of like self efficacy, things like yes, that. I absolutely. think that really helps to have something like that. Yeah. So let's talk about yeah. <laughs> Lila <laughs> Lila and Matt. Take a shot. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna be so schmammered by the end of this. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about your travels and your time on the road, so to speak, Mm -hmm. with your athletes and tell us about some of your experiences, some stories and some of the competitions. Oh boy. It's actually, you know, gymnastics is really amazing because it's allowed me to travel the world and it's also allowed me to share that with my athletes. Yeah. You know, like I said before, like. I gave up everything after school. You know what? My athletes had to do the same thing. They would go to school and then come to the gym and practice, you know, all day and give up so much. But also, it gave them so much. They were able to go places, see things that people, you know, in any community don't always get the chance to do. Yeah, so, yeah. So it was. it's always kind of fun to do that. And not just internationally, but also nationally. Yeah. I know a lot of kids here sometimes don't even... Like, to them, like, a big trip is going to Salt Lake. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, really. But here, it's a big getaway. Yeah, yeah. But here we are, you know, we're having kids, you know, travel all over the country to oh, 
everywhere, really. Yeah. And so it was really exciting to be able to, to see them and kind of watch them grow and actually learn some independence and how to do things, you know, on their yeah. own. So I yeah. really enjoyed that. And then also, like, internationally, like, being able to see other cultures. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and not be so in this little bubble exactly. of America. And, and homogenized. And yeah, yeah, and it's so important. Um, I just got back from Ireland yesterday. How cool is that? Just nonchalantly. <laughs> and he went to, was it Dubai? <laughs> yep, I was yeah. in Dubai yeah. and Oman yeah. and Mexico. <laughs> Jet <been> setter. <laughs> the past couple of months it has been crazy, but it always makes me so thankful. Yeah. And I, I always reflect as I'm coming back home on the plane, and I did the same thing this time, like, how am I so lucky that I was born into this country? Yeah. Like, I'm so lucky. Yeah. Like, I'm just Constantly. so lucky. Yeah. Yes. Constantly think about that, too. I'm yeah. with you. And you just think about all the freedoms that you have and the comforts. Right. And, oh, wow. Regardless so of our blessed. political situation. Yeah. But, <laughs> this fun political but. climate that we're facing right now. <laughs> right. And but, who knows where that's yeah. well, I better shut up because that could start a whole new discussion that I can't have. I had ethics training today for work and you can't talk about politics. Right. You're not supposed to. And not it's supposed the worst to. thing ever. Ah. This summer I was in Athens and the taxi driver was, you know, taking me from the airport to the hotel and he was like, oh, American. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes yourself. I just never know what I'm going to get. Yes. They either love you or they right. want to spit everything at you. And he was like, your president, and I was like, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. I'm like, how far is the hotel from here? Because I just did not want to get into it. So, yeah, oh, sidestep that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. Oh my gosh. So, what was the most memorable competition? Most memorable competition? Wow. I probably, for me, it was the 2013 World Championships, which wow. were in um, Sofia, Bulgaria. So cool. Yeah, it was really, it was a, an amazing experience for myself personally, just because, you know, one of my athletes had just gone through a um, traumatic, catastrophic in, uh, injury earlier. Oh, wow. And he didn't, he had, you know, obviously made the team. Yeah. And he was you know, pretty successful internationally and just everyone reaching out and, and showing their support and yeah. things like that was really, really overwhelming at the time. Wow. And um, I really love the Eastern Bloc countries. Yeah, so yeah. I, I love to go and just see that culture and be over there. And I, you know, have some pretty good Bulgarian friends. So it was really nice. I, I like Sofia a lot. Oh, yeah. I've heard amazing things. Yeah. And you also have a knack for speaking Russian, right? <laughs> like you can speak it without a detectable accent. Uh, that's yeah. That's what I've been told. That's yes. so cool. Yes. yes. Wow. Yeah. And um, so what, there was something else I wanted mm -hmm. to ask you about based on our previous conversations. But um, so we talked about previously you motivating your athletes and recognizing that you have to motivate different athletes in different ways and recognize what drives them. Right. So how did you approach that with your athletes? Well, and I think that's probably one of the hardest things that is involved in coaching is one way isn't going to work for everyone. Right. You know, and there are some athletes that can handle a high stress situation where you're putting a lot of pressure on them day in and day out. And some won't, some will just, you know, crack under the pressure and yeah. not be able to, to handle it. So it's hard. You have to spend a lot of time and know the personality of the athlete. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and build a rapport with them. Exactly. Sure. Right. 
and build the trust too. They yeah. have to understand that, you know, just because you're saying, hey, you need to climb the rope, you know, three times really means it, but it's for their, you know, right. their betterment, not for, oh, he just hates me and wants me to climb the rope. Yeah. Like, Cause you, you know. don't want to be a jerk about right. it. Right. There's truly benefit in that, in right. that exercise. And you were pretty strict with your athletes, right? Yes, I was. Yeah. I was, I was very strict with them. Um, you know, I expected if you're going to do something and you're going to go for it full force, you know, don't waste my time, don't waste your parents' money and don't waste your time coming to the gym and kind of half-assing it. Right. So did you, when you had to have those hard conversations with those athletes, was that hard for you to like sit down and feel like, had to be like, okay, listen, like your head's not in the game. You need to yeah. step into this. It's always it's always hard to kind of have a reality check with someone who thinks that they're doing everything that they can. Yes. But as a coach, you can look at them and say, no, you can do so much more and get them to understand like, hey, it's time. Like, yeah. let, let's go. You know, it, it's time. Let's turn it on. Sure. So. So what would you consider your biggest strength about you as a coach? As a coach, I would probably say discipline. Yeah. Yeah. I am very disciplined with them and I expect them to be disciplined as well. Yeah. And then I would probably say technical knowledge. Ooh. Um, I've had a lot of people say that I do have a lot of technical knowledge in the sport. That would be beneficial for sure. So. Does that come easily to you? It, it, it It's it's something you can't teach someone. Uh-huh. So I feel like it's kind of a natural. For me, it's it was very natural. I could look at a skill and look at something and know right away what they're doing, what's wrong, how to make it a little bit better. Yeah. Were you ever in situations as a coach where you felt so intimidated or out of your element? Or did you always just feel like, yeah, this is it? Yes, in my early years. In my early years of coaching when I was about 16 or 17. Mm. I remember going... Whoa! Whoa! See? Prodigy! (laughs) Yeah, I was a head coach of my very own team at 15. Wow! Yeah. That is impressive. I went to my first national championships as a coach at... 16. Wow. Yeah. And I remember being very nervous about it and talking to my coach at the time because back then I was still actually competing. And I remember saying like, oh, I'm so nervous. Like, what should I do? And she was like, you know what? You just go into the gym every day, you know, back home and you do the work. And then when you go walk into the arena, you just hold your head up and you just have that confidence and you just, you know, do it. And I remember like feeling that as I walked in and thinking, okay, I can do this, yeah. all these other coaches, you know, we've been doing it every day, so. Okay, so let's talk about this. I don't think you mentioned <laughs> this last time. So you were a student, were you still, you were still in high school, if yes. you were 15, yeah. dude, 18, so you had your schoolwork, yep. you had your own gymnastics, Yep. and then you were a coach, how did you juggle all of that? It was a little difficult, wow. but I feel like, again... Um, I've always been really goal-oriented, sure. time management, yes. and, and that was one that had to go like boom, ba-boom, ba-boom, and I did that all the way through. I retired from um, competing when I was 20, so wow. I did it for you know, That's impressive. five years, yeah. and then just fully went you know, the coach route, which isn't something I wanted to do. Really? Yeah. I was actually enrolled at the University of Utah to be an anesthesiologist. Really? Yeah. So how far did you get with that? So you're like, mm, this isn't for me. It's really funny. Um, I was kind of coaching on the side, just kind of helping out, you know, whatever. And some elite athletes had come along and I was helping them and they were getting better. And it came time for like the fall semester to start. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, like what do I do? Yeah. Because if I walk away from these kids, 
you know, who's going to help them yeah, type yeah, yeah. thing. So a roundabout sort of way, I ended up staying coaching. And the rest is history. <laughs> and it just, I, I always call it, I got trapped into it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because then another one came along and then another yeah. one and another one. And then you just have this cycle, but... Wow. It turned out good for me, I think. I, you know, clearly. I, I, clearly. I really enjoyed it and been, I, I think, successful. Yes, it, so. absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's so impressive. So <laughs> let's get into some quick rapid fire questions. Okay. How do you feel about that? Okay, let's go. Okay. So what angers you? What angers me? Yeah. Laziness. Yeah, that's right in line with what we've talked about. Laziness. Yeah. What is something that offends you? Deceit. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good one. Let's see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going fast. <laughs> no, I know. I really... What are you most insecure about? Ooh. Most insecure about? Probably not being educated. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like education helps you the most in any sure. situation. Yeah. So if there is something like that I'm presented with and I'm not educated on the subject, I'd be really insecure about that. I can see that with you because you're so intelligent and Mm -hmm. educated and known for your technical expertise, especially in your field. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, you're extremely intelligent, so it's an (laughs) unfounded fear. Oh, you are so sweet. But I get that. How often do you feel completely worn down or drained? Um, It does happen. What do you do Um, about it when you do feel like that? When... I, I try to, I also am a bit of a control freak. Mm. So I like things done a certain way sure. for everything. So there are times when I feel like I'm just not succeeding. I can't do it all. Yeah. And I do have a little bit of a breakdown and yeah, yeah, yeah. feel like, okay, I'm failing. So then I go right to failure. I'm yes. failing because I can't do it all. I can't yep. do this. I can't do that. Yeah. So. Um, usually when that happens, I call up my best friend and she kind of talks me through it and that, or we end up going on a trip somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> which is always a recharger. Yes, right, right. Yeah. It is. It is. And so. just gets you out of your head sometimes. It does. Literally and um, figuratively out of the situation. Right. And then you could just kind of Come just at it restore freshly. yourself. Yeah, exactly. It gives <clears> you a fresh perspective. Yeah. What has been your biggest obstacle? Um, my biggest obstacle I would say would be people thinking that I can't do something. Yeah. Yeah. And then does that motivate you or does that (laughs) drain you? It absolutely motivates me. Good. You're one of those. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm one that will like give my very last effort to just prove that I can do something. Hell yeah, I can do this. You're going to tell me that I can't? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. What would surprise people about you? Hmm. Um, like, (laughs) (laughs) I can sing. You can sing? (laughs) You have all the talent. So have you always been a singer? No. It's like, like it's something I don't, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I do, I can, (laughs) it's really embarrassing. Like, I I do sing, like, you know, people are in the car or whatever, whatever, but I don't sing with, like, my real singing voice. Yeah, 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 I get it. And I have sang with my real singing voice before, like, around people, and they'll be like, whoa! What? You can sing, and I'm like, what? Do you just thumb up after that, or do you keep singing? I, no, I can't. 
Nope. Can't do it. Yeah. Do you have like a song of choice? Like, let's say that we were going to do karaoke <laughs> right now. What would be oh, your go-to no. song? No, I, I don't know. I don't know. No. But I do have a karaoke song. What? Yeah, I want to hear it. I can sing every word <laughs> to Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back. <laughs> I love it. That's a classic. That's a yeah. good one to know. But that's oh not my, my singing voice. I'm going to use my singing voice <laughs> Yeah, that that's different. Yeah. <laughs> um... What is your morning routine? I know that you get up and you work out with Amanda. Yep, I do. I get up every morning at 5.15. And you're not a morning person, right? But you um, still do it? I'm not a morning person, but I, because of Amanda. <laughs> love I have, her. I have, yeah, I do love her. <laughs> I have learned to be a morning person. And, you know, to get up in the morning at 5.15 when you're not used to getting up that early um, and going to the gym and pushing yeah. your body, you know, to, to do stuff you don't want to do. Yeah. It's really helped me train myself into kind of a new life I guess yeah so so let's talk about what your life looks like now now that you're not competing or coaching like you have your gym right yep. and so what does a typical day look like for you so a typical day for me is I'll get up um, kind of early in the morning I'll go to the gym I'll work out I'll come back home um, I have a dog Max yeah yeah he's, he's my Beautiful. life he's my life yep um, I'll take him for a walk feed him just make sure he's good I've been able to spend a lot of time with him lately which good. really really you know it's like yes. warmth for my soul yes um, yeah and then I'll kind of look at some paperwork for the gym see how things are going kind of look at new students answer any questions things like that via email and then, you know, I'll either go down to the gym and check it out and see how things are going, or I'll be running around, like, different errands and things like that. So running your own business, how hard has that been? Has it been something that has felt natural to you? <sighs> has it been stressful? A little bit of both? A little bit of both, because I went from coaching thrown into the business world. I never wanted to be a business owner, huh. but um, it just happened that I was renting space from someone here in town, and I was looking at numbers and realized that I could open my own gym for the amount of rent that I was paying. Oh. And I and then I could do my own thing and was yeah. you know confined to, you know, limitations and things like that. So sure. I did. And I had to learn really quickly how to be able to run numbers, oh, yeah. payroll and just, you know, everything. And it was a little bit of a struggle, but feel like I've been pretty successful with it. Um, yeah, clearly. Most most gym owners like have, you know, an, a, a payment on their equipment and things like that, but I've worked so hard, you know, with everyone involved in my gym, and so yeah. I have no debt there. Wow. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's really, it, it's really amazing for me now to yeah. be able to sit back, you know, in May of, you know, 2018, I decided to retire from coaching. Yeah. So I'm, I'm no longer coaching, but I'm able to sit back and help still be involved in children's lives. Yeah. So, you know, I, I look over the coaches and make sure that they're up to date in their training and just make sure everything's going well at the gym that way. So what do you look for when you hire a coach? Uh, personality. Oh, that's being, a big one. Yeah. Being able to interact with the kids is number one. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You can teach them. And I think just maybe for me, because te technical, um, part, the aspect of gymnastics comes so natural to me Yeah. that I can help Oh I can, yeah, I can direct supplement that. that knowledge if you need to. Exactly, sure. and with and within the coaches too, I can yeah. teach someone who doesn't really know anything about gymnastics yeah. how to be a good coach, be a good teacher for the for the levels that are appropriate. Yeah, but that's essential. Being able to relate to the students and yeah. interact with them effectively. Exactly, you can't teach that, and that's I mean that's yeah. gold. Yeah, that's gold. Yeah, I agree. 
What has been your favorite compliment? And I know that some, I'm sure you've received a lot of compliments, as talented as you are, but just a favorite compliment. Can you oh think boy. of one? That's a tough one. Um, usually, I don't know, probably just when people say, you know, you're so good at what you do. Yeah. Because that makes me feel good that they recognize that I have put so much time and effort yeah. and just so much of my, my own heart into coaching over all the years. Yeah. So what's your next big goal? Do you have any next goals or anything that you're working towards right now, now that you've kind of like transitioned out of like um, competing and then coaching and now that you have your own gym, what's next? Right. And that's kind of the, the funny part about like where I'm at in life right now. Like I don't know what it is I want to do next. Do you like that or does that unsettle you? You know what? It, at first it really bothered me because I'm so used to working towards a goal. Yeah. But I've learned that that's okay. Yeah. It's okay because I've worked hard and done so much. Not that I'm going to rest on that, but it's okay to kind of relax a little bit, regroup, and look at what I want to do now. Yeah. And I feel like that's really exciting. Yeah. What is your best habit and what is your worst habit? My best habit, I would say, <laughs> would be my stubbornness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And my worst habit would be also be my Yeah. Don't you feel like that often I, happens? Yeah. yeah I feel like it's the straight. same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I am super totally. stubborn, and I know that, but I also think it's a, it can be a really good thing. It helps you be tenacious. Yes. And yeah. keep you um, in your goal. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. What was your last epiphany or aha moment? Do you remember? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um... Realizing that a situation that I was in wasn't the best thing for me. And then were you, then um, did you just resolve to get out of it right then or did it take a minute until you decided to get out of it? It actually took quite a while. I would say um, about two and a half, three years. And once you get to that point, you it is hard to make changes. Oh, yeah. You know, especially sure. when things have been different for so long yeah yeah and how are you feeling about things now um I feel like I'm on the right path to my own happiness good um, good good and and uh, the decisions that have been made were for the best for me good and that's what's really hard I think in life is you yes. have to learn to be selfish yes yes so and, and that is very hard and it's hard too like especially like in gymnastics like I gave so much to my kids I was always oh, yeah. giving always to the kids and oh, I'm sure yeah. they probably didn't feel like that at first but I've had a lot of them kind of grow up now and be like oh I totally understand why you did this now and I'm so thankful oh, and you know that type of thing and that so rewarding. Well, that is like that Everything. is worth more than any gold medal oh. or title or anything for them to come back and say things like that so that really really Makes yes. Them feel good. So, do you still keep in contact with former athletes? Yeah, you do quite a bit. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. What most interests you about people? What interests you most about people? About people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like to see kind of what their characteristics are and their personalities, like how yeah. they react to certain things. Yeah. What in your life are you grateful for? Didn't work out. What am I grateful for that didn't work yeah. out? Um, I've just gotten out of a very long relationship. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm very grateful that the relationship happened. Yeah. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about him. And um, unfortunately, it just didn't work out. 
And I think, I think it's a good thing for both of us. Yeah. We learned so much about each other, but also about ourselves. Yeah. And I think I'm hoping that both of us can take that, those experiences and move forward. Yeah. Don't you think that's what life is about? Absolutely. I think, I think it's happened for a reason. Every encounter relationship is for a reason and you can recognize that as an opportunity to grow from right. it and take right. it for what it is. Yeah, there are be grateful for it. It'd be it would be to no use for myself if I sat and just dwelled on everything that went bad. Right. It, right. That, that wouldn't help me in my current situation. Of course you right. have you have a period where you're grieving and you're upset sure. and you are sad for some of the things that have that have happened, but at at some point you have to move on from that and pick yourself up and dust yourself off and move forward again. Exactly. You can't you have to honor and acknowledge those emotions and sit with them, but you can't dwell. Absolutely. So allow them space and allow Turn them, them to move into positivity. You. Yes. Yeah. And learning opportunities and don't assign positivity yes. and negativity. Those are negative emotions. They're emotions. Right. And they're natural coming from what you've experienced and see them for what they are. Absolutely. Yeah, grow from them and then move on. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I really like that. Um, so what is one item that you can't live without? Do you have an item? One like item. gadget or something? That I can't live without. My phone. Oh, Lifeline. My phone. Yes. Is, the reason why is because, you know, I have so many friends throughout the world. Oh, yeah. That that's how we connect. Yeah. You know, and it's it's so weird because, like, you know, different time zones and everything. Like, yeah. right now in Ireland, everyone's asleep because, you know, it's in the middle of the night there. Yeah. But when I'm asleep, they're awake. So, like, I, I always wake up every morning and turn my phone on because I've had to turn it off at night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I always wake up and I've got some sort of... Every single day, some sort of a message from somewhere in the world. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty cool feeling to it wake is really up to cool. that. It is really cool. And I love to hear, like, how people are doing and what's yeah. going on and, you know, all of that stuff. Speaking of worldwide globalization, where do you want to travel to that you haven't been? I was just talking with my friend Ooh. in Ireland about this. Ooh. And I want to go to Prague. <gasps> oh, I'm just trying to go to Prague! <laughs> I want to go to Prague <gasps> so badly. Yes! Um, yeah, I'm dying to go to Prague. And, um, I really would like to go back to um, Russia. I knew you were going to say yeah. Russia. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. yeah. Both of those sound yeah. incredible. I just, I love Europe. And it's just so funny because, like, when I was over there and I was talking to my friend and I was like, oh, I love this. Like, it's so old and whatever. And she's like, yeah, it's old. She's like, well... <laughs> She's like, yeah, but your country, I guess, is, like, brand new. I was like, yeah, everything is, like, really modern and brand new over here compared to, you know, this 12th century church right here that I'm sitting in. So. That's, yeah, there's just such a beauty. I mean, I think it's just appreciating whatever spot you're in. Like, yeah. appreciating the West and um, the U.S. for what we have and what we have to offer, but then appreciating the significance and beauty of Europe and old Europe Absolutely. and ancient civilization. Is there anywhere where you would not go? Um, anywhere I would not go. Let's see. Um, no. You'd just no. be open to go wherever. Yeah. I like that. Because I feel like there's an experience Yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I've been to some extremely extremely third world country. Oh, yeah. Where 
you know, you don't get to shower every day. You don't get to brush yeah. your teeth. And, and you, you're in a situation where it's a little bit scary. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't set out to go and love that. But sure. I love it because it makes me really appreciate, you know, when I come home. Oh, my and gosh. All like the safeties else. and the comfort that we have in this country that people just don't get. They just don't get it. So, And even within this country, you see homelessness yeah. that just breaks your heart every single day. I kid you not, every single day. When I go to bed, I give thanks for mm-hmm. my warm bed. Right. Because... Too many times, being in the big cities, you see the homelessness, and Absolutely. that's the reality. And there's no escape from that, you know. Just and it can happen to anyone. Exactly. And I think that's important for people yeah. to remember. Instead of judging and demonizing these yes. people and condemning them, right? You are one medical bankruptcy away from where they are. Absolutely. What if you got mm-hmm. cancer or mm-hmm. got in a bad accident and you got cleaned out? You could be right where they are, Absolutely. or you have mental illness, right? And equal opportunity for mental illness like that doesn't discriminate like right. anybody you know absolutely is prone to getting mental illness um and then what else ptsd from a lot of our vets absolutely right and god i just think that there's just so much it just breaks my heart when i think of people just it is yeah completely um denouncing and condemning them and writing them off oh well they just need to help themselves and sure there are abuses of the system right as with anything right but Gosh, that could be you. That could be any of us. It could. Oh. Absolutely. And so just, I think, just being grateful for what you have. Yeah. 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 And to be able to give back when you can. Yes. I think that's super important. Yes. Totally. Do you have a cause that's near and dear to your heart, speaking of that, and charity? and Um, Or, like, is there, like, like an actual charity group or just a cause in general that really speaks to you. And we used to do um, a gymnastics benefit for the St. Jude organization. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I really got to learn a lot about St. Jude and what yeah. they do. And it's just so amazing what they actually do for children and families that are diagnosed with, with cancer or any yeah. ailments, I guess. How they completely pay for it and just offset all the medical costs, you know, for, you know, families. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. It is really, it is really nice. And of course, you know, here in town, we have the PTSD that, that runs. And so I think that's been, you know, really amazing. I've seen a lot of it in like the headlines and things like that. So I'm like the news here in town. So yeah, if you, well, everybody leaves a legacy. What do you want your legacy to be or what do you think it is? Kind of a little bit of both. I think um, in the sport of gymnastics and, and the type of t- uh, gymnastics, you know, that I was involved in, I think really I was um, a big trendsetter for being open. Oh, yeah. Um, there are there are a lot more of openly gay athletes yeah. now that actually have, you know, credited me and you know really my former partner um, for giving them the strength to be able to come forward and say I am who I am wow and that feels so good it it, it is really amazing because I I, I would think back to when wow you know I was first breaking through and people would be like oh yeah here he comes you know and you just I would walk in chin up whatever and do my job and just do what I I mean they call me whatever they want and I learned at a very young age that name calling and words can only hurt me if I allow it yes they're just words yes call me what you want that's fine yeah you have to have that self-confidence within yourself you do and I'm actually reading this 
kind of in that same vein, reading a book, and I've kind of always thought that um, you can only be offended if you choose to or you allow to. Right. And just the coddling of the American mind, and it talks about how kids these days. <laughs> right, right. But truly, like, are so fragile. They are and so fragile. And not necessarily... <clears throat> Due to any fault of their own, it's kind of the system that they've been raised in. Absolutely. And parents and educators truly looking out for their best interests, but creating that fragile environment and perpetuating that. Absolutely. And feeding into that. And um, they assert, the authors assert that kids are actually anti-fragile, meaning that they need some um, of the discomforts and they need some of the trials and tribulations to strengthen them absolutely otherwise they'll become weak and and that's what i have seen in gymnastics you know yeah. i started coaching in the 90s oh yeah you know, i was yeah. 15 and saw you know i've had athletes come from the 90s all the way up and i've seen all these different generations come through and because i was a stricter tougher coach yeah i know that the kids that i've coached are more successful yes and it sets them up for success in life in general they can handle a coach being tough on them therefore they're going to be able to handle a boss being tough on them expecting them to have deadlines and that's what I always would say to these parents I said you know what I expect them to do this this and this I either need you guys to get behind it or take your kid and leave because what's going to happen is what are they going to do for a job one day they're just going to be complacent with minimum wage right or are they going to am I going to teach them now to learn to get ahead so that when they're in a job they're working for that next promotion they're working for that next thing they're you know trying to get ahead and, and having that internal locus of control and knowing that they control that. Yep. And you're always going to be, there are always going to be injustices and offenses. And that's just life. That is and life. that's the world. And exactly. you have to be able to withstand that. Right. And to move forward. Right. And not feel entitled or feel completely attacked all the time. Entitled and attacked. Yes. yes. That is always a tough one. I would always say to the kids, listen, I'm preparing you. I'm giving you all the keys to be successful. Yes. There's the door. You can unlock it and go through. Yes. Or you can just hold on to those keys yourself. <gasps> it's up to you. That's a great way to put that. I yeah. really like that. And it's so true. Oh, yeah. And that's something that I've always been grateful for with my own upbringing is my parents taught me that. Right. And it's allowed me to be a successful adult. They didn't shelter me. They didn't. They obviously took care of me, and they right. just knocked it out of the park. They had that perfect balance. But I'm able to withstand whenever there are injustices or shit happens. Right. I can just roll with it. Right. Instead of just feeling so attacked and calling for everybody to just stop what they're doing and yeah. acknowledge that I've been attacked. And right. Yeah. Coddling. Yes, coddling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So did you have a lot of run-ins with parents that weren't on board yeah there were times that they would say you know you're you're picking on my child or that this is a bit too much and I would have to sit down and give them then the example of where this leads to yeah. you know what I mean and then yeah, yeah. they actually were really supportive you know and good. I have to say I've had some good parents because they've known kind of from the beginning like what's expected and yeah. I, I'm up front like hey this is this this is this yeah they need to wear this uniform this day and yeah. if they're in the wrong uniform they're not coming to practice yeah yeah but I drove all this way well I'm sorry right. you are aware and I would always say this to the kids too all right when you go to the bathroom does your mom have to go in there with you <laughs> and they always look at me and I'm like, so you don't need help in there so that means you're capable of wearing <laughs> The correct uniform yes. on the correct day, with yes. your hair the correct way, showing up, being professional and ready to work. Yes, you're only nine, but you can still do this. 
and learning that that skill young, yes. that discipline and that structure. Right. It's like those. I'm sure you've seen it, like the video on on Facebook or whatever social media where they say about like if you're gonna do anything, you know, each day get up and make your bed. Yeah, yeah. It's the same exact thing. Get up and be present for life. Yeah. You know, show up ready to work. Yeah. So. Yeah, literally and figuratively, show up. Yeah. 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 Ooh, that's a good one. Do you have a mantra that you live by or favorite quote? Hmm. Yes, there's actually a one that I do really like. Let's Um, hear it. Nothing is final until you're dead. Yeah. And even then, I'm sure God negotiates. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. How do you feel like you have evolved from like when you were 20 years old? Like, how different do you think that you are? Like, your personality traits, your outlook on life? Definitely more, um, I would say, high-strong. You are now? Really? I've mellowed out a bit as as age has gone on. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's also kind of a change in society. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, something, and this is maybe beating a dead horse, but going back to the generational issue, have you noticed a trend then or a decline or an increase in entitlement um, from kids that you've coached, athletes that you've coached? Yes. And that is one major thing that led to my retirement this year. Oh, really? Being in the, in the field, when I was coaching, like I said, I didn't really want to be a coach. But yeah. once I was in it, I was like, okay, here's my goals. My goals were I wanted to have an athlete on the national team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've had since then 36 athletes occupied Whoa! So many spots on the national Whoa, team. Whatever. I've been to the world championships. I've been to the world games. Phenomenal. I've been, I've been everywhere. I've done way more than I, wow. I set my bar here thinking it was here. And I went way beyond wow. that. But in this generation of kids, I feel like there's maybe one in 100,000 kids that gets hard work, discipline, not being afraid to fail. Yeah. And we have so many kids that are just so afraid to fail because we've, I feel like we've created this culture of everyone's a winner. Yes. And I'm sorry, yes. but yes. everyone is not a winner. They're not a winner. <laughs> You're not. And it sends them the wrong message about life. It does. Yeah. It does. And then when they lose, they don't have that inner strength to To be able to rebound, yeah. work hard, yeah. get up and do it again. That resilience. They don't have it. So that, yeah. that... Coupled with, I've done everything I've ever wanted to do. There's really nothing else for me. There's nothing else that I want to do in the sport as a coach. Yeah. Led to my retirement. But it's it's mainly the generation of the kids. And, and sadly, some of the parents, we have younger parents now that are coming into that too. Oh, yeah. So that was my next question. How much do you see with the interaction of the kids with their parents um, that feeds into the kids? Um, fragility or sense of entitlement. I think there there are there are some really great parents, and I've been able to come across them. And I think one of the biggest things that I've seen that really tells me right away is I'm like, all right, there was a situation at the gym today. Yeah. And I've had parents come to me right away and say, what did my kid do? Really? Full on knowing that their kid, it's okay for your kid to to be naughty. They don't, they're they're not perfect. Yeah, and that's not a reflection on yes. you. It doesn't mean that you're a bad parent. And that's exactly yeah. what they don't get. And then and then I've had the parents be like, oh, well, I saw it. It was Susie's fault. Susie did this. Yeah. You know, somebody Deflection. else. Yeah. Yes. And that's where I really feel like, okay, when, when I see situations like that, I think to myself, okay, this parent over here, mm, you're, yeah. you're not made for this sport or sports or yeah, yeah, yeah. raising children, whatever. 
<laughs> but this one here gets it. Like, okay, they're going to take full responsibility, you know, for their kid to be like, yeah, my kid screwed up. Yes. Let's correct it. Yes. Let, what can we do? Yes. And facing the situation head yep. on. And that does a service to their kid. It absolutely does. Yes. What these parents need to realize, too, is that one day these kids are going to have to take care of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? These kids are going to be the ones taking care of you. That's an important takeaway. Did you give them every tool, every key to unlock the door and help you? That is a good point. I can say it right now. <laughs> Most likely it's not. It's not looking good. I hope you have a really good insurance plan for that nursing home because... (laughs) Do not envy you. Right. You know? Oh, that's a good point. I mean, that's my point. Sometimes like, oh gosh, is this kid going to really take it? Would I want this kid taking care of me? Oh, man. Oh, man. No way. Well, and then you see these kids aren't able to hang in life in adulthood. They're not. They're not. They're bullied and they're picked yes. on. And yeah. So we yeah, could go on for that, for sure. I think, for hours, I think. For hours and hours. <laughs> okay. So, man. Wow. It's been almost an hour. That blew by. Okay. One last question. What is your call to action for people? What do you want the world to do? Like, What's your message to the world that you want people to step up and do? I think what I would really love to see people do is be more understanding and aware of other people. Oh, I love that. You know, you never, it's easy for me. It is actually really easy for me to walk around with my chin up, a smile on my face. But there are some days where I've had the worst day you could ever think of. Yeah. But you would never, ever know that. But someone could, you could treat someone not knowing what they've gone through that day. Sure. And just not really understanding that they might have a smile on their face, but inside they're breaking. Right. And that's okay. Right, right, right. And how we treat them, how we treat someone is really what's most important. It really is. And just treating everybody with love, no matter what kind of day you've had. Right. There should just be that baseline level of respect and love that you treat everybody with, no matter how they're treating you too. Yep. Because maybe you could be the turnaround for them. Right. Yeah. You could. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for Absolutely. coming back Thank again. You for me. Oh God, I this was amazing. Um, you're so interesting. Oh. I ask you oh, questions you. all night long. So everybody, um, what's your gym called? It's called Revolution Sports Center. And yes, he is the man, and he does amazing work. So Thank you. everybody, you heard him. Love everyone, <laughs> and treat everybody with awareness and respect and love. And peace out.